You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is Leslie Stein. Her latest book from the fine folks of Fanographics is Eye of the Majestic Creature, a collection of, uh, I guess, the first four mini-comics that you had done? Uh, yes. As well as the uh, latest Eyes of the Majestic Creature as well. Work can be found in the stellar uh, Smoke Signal newspaper out of uh, the very nice folks at uh, Desert Island Comic Store in Brooklyn. Anything else I'm forgetting? Um, that that comic, uh, the stuff for Smoke Signal is actually kind of separate, or they do excerpts from the, the new stuff I've been doing that hasn't oh, okay. been published. And then there is a new issue that I self-published, um, the fifth issue that I printed that's you can get online if you want. Mm-hmm. As well, uh, a couple of comic strips on Vice magazine. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm doing work for that too. The website. Um, yeah, thank you for joining me today, Leslie. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, it was kind of, your book was a bit of a surprise for me coming out for Fanographics right now. Um, I don't know what it was, but it felt different. For something I'd seen there, I guess it's just because I'm seeing all these like great reprints and European stuff, and it's like, oh look, it's a young cartoonist. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh... No, most people have told me that before, and I think also, um, I don't think anyone really knew who I was within the comics community um, before as much. Um, because I wasn't, uh, didn't have any kind of online stuff, mm-hmm. but I had been doing it for years. So I was just printing stuff, you know, physical pamphlet comics and bringing them to conventions because that's what I thought it was all about. <laughs> I didn't realize <laughs> the internet was reality until like last year. And it was all slow. Uh, so, so yeah, people are like, who is this person? But, um, but there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, it's good. I think yeah. it's a good thing. I like seeing new folks. Um, I'm more excited about kind of work coming out now, personally. Tell yeah. me, a little, tell me a bit about your kind of what got you to this this book. Like, um, kind of right. what was your decision to go into comics? Because you also do music at the same time. Had it always been kind of both things at once, or um, yeah, yeah, I started playing guitar, um, when I was 12, and then, but I've been drawing, you know, a lot since I was really little, and I used to draw comics when I was, I don't know, six or seven, um, and I started doing many comics when I was in high school, um, and then, uh, I went to art school first in, uh, San Francisco at a conceptual art school, and, uh, I did that for a couple of years and just did painting and printmaking and silk screening. Um, but then I actually decided, I mean, I knew I really wanted to draw comics and, uh, I kind of made a split, a second decision just to move to New York and, uh, and go to FCA so I could do them. I could have the time to actually make them mm-hmm. in school. So then I went to FCA and, um, you know, started making longer and longer works. Um, but this series, I didn't start till I was out of school. 
um, I was working in a different kind of style when I was at school, and then I graduated and uh, kind of just, I don't know, I just kind of started this on a whim, just to the first couple of pages, and then just kind of went with it from there. What kind of work were you doing in art school? Like you said, you went to uh, conceptual art school, but you're still doing painting. Um, was um, it illustrative I, at all, or was it kind of abstracty? No, it was really cartoony drawings, um, and people really hated them. Um, um, yeah, I was just kind of trying to get away with drawing them and handing them in as assignments. You know, I would take drawing classes and, and uh, put comics up, but people didn't really respond well to them. Um, so, yeah, and then the paintings I was doing, yeah, were just very cartoony as well. I was doing it on paper with, like, gouache and stuff. So it was all, it's all, my whole style really has been, you know, in the style of comic art the whole time I've really been drawing. Now you you mentioned making mini comics in high school. Were you reading zines and minis while you were in high school yourself, or was it something you kind of did? Yeah, I found um, actually I think the first comic I I was given. I was working at a restaurant, and uh, there was like an older guy, of course, who you know saw me drawing. He's like, hey, you know about this stuff, and um, you know gave me some alternative comics. Um, this was in you know mid 90s um i think the first one i saw was actually dork and then and then i found i started going to the comic stores and i found charles burns and uh dan klaus and they were my favorites i think at that time and a uh, peter bag um and i really really wanted to do something like that it was my my goal was to um develop my own style and someday you know, be good enough that a publisher would, would print something like that for me. Um, which is sad because now that's not really a possibility anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so the thing that I actually set out to do is no longer a possibility, but I do like the, that they're collected in this way. And it's, it's made me rethink about the arc of, um, individual stories within the book. You know what I mean? Cause it's collected like the arc of the whole book as opposed to just the arc of one, comic within it yeah did you intend when you were starting like your eyes of the exotic uh eyes of the majestic creature when you started those comics did you kind of just originally have just short gags you wanted to do or at that point did you kind of see a larger story you were working through um well because it's kind of autobiographical i just figured it would follow me um you know, over the years, because now I've been working on it for about eight years. I'm on eighth issue, and um, it just—I don't know. Things just either seem right to draw, and some things need to be smaller stories, and some things need to be longer stories, um, just to make it kind of—I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> it sounds kind of, kind of silly when I talk that way, but things just kind of come to me. And they feel right to draw and to tell, and other things seem silly, and so I don't do them. <laughs> Did you want to do autobio first, or were you kind of more interested in just generally telling stories? Um, 
I think I was interested in telling stories, and then it became very clear right away that this character was me. <laughs> and so they've gotten more... They used to be more of a blend of fiction than autobiography, and now they're getting a little stricter on uh, autobiography, but there's still a lot of room for me, little wiggle room for me um, with the characters that I created um, that are like the musical instruments and uh, some of the friends that are animals. and um, So it's, it's kind of a nice uh, balance for me because, you know, she's not me exactly, but uh, she has elements of me. Um, yeah. Is she kind of giving you a chance to make different decisions? Um, no, I didn't say that. I would say she's allowing me to like go through the things that aren't autobiographical. She's allowing me to go through them and process like my kind of fantasies. Um, because I've always had this fantasy of just moving out to the country and kind of being off the grid, and I'm sure everybody does. And some of you probably to say, but I kind of worked through that in, mm-hmm. in the part of the comic. And I knew, I mean, your problems follow you anywhere. And I knew that if I did do that, I don't think I'd be any happier. It'd just be different. And it's, it's you know, what you're dealing with inside that that allows you to either be kind to people or, or friends with people or try to connect with people um, and not really your physical surroundings to a certain degree, although that obviously has a, a big impact on who you're kind of people are going to meet. Um, so yeah, I kind of worked through that um, a little bit. Do you feel kind of overwhelmed by living in the city? I used to. I used to feel really overwhelmed with it. Um, but I, but I've been in New York for ten years, so now uh, I feel not as overwhelmed. But I, I go through waves of, of being like, I need to get out of here, and you know, it's just it's a hard place to live for a long time. It's expensive. <laughs>
it's interesting looking at your work as autobio because I also feel like um, in some ways you're kind of protective of yourself in that you don't want to put too much out there of your personal life within the comics. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's probably pretty true. Um, well, one thing I think I I don't know, and you can you can maybe tell me this, but a lot of autobiographical comics they use uh, themselves as a narrator. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, I don't know what that's called, but they're explaining the panel to you. Like, I went here and I did this today and blah, 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 blah. And then they can fit in more in a panel. But I don't do that. Um, I like to do it so it looks like, it's almost like cinematic, like you're watching her as a like a movie, you know? There's a really good uh, Chester Brown comic uh, where he, one issue of Yummy Fur, he did this story about this horrible uh, roommate he had in this rooming house. He was living in and he did another issue I think it's the next issue or issue after that where he re-examines that issue and he goes through it with his friends it's like him and Seth looking through it and what panels to pull out and what panels mm-hmm. work as far as like how do you kind of pull back and don't need to narrate that I was walking up the stairs well of course you're walking up the stairs you're walking up the stairs right. <laughs> right. I, I like that about his work I think um, in the paying for it book you know, people are saying maybe it was unnecessary that he had the, the notes in the back. But I, I really loved them. That was my favorite part, just to see his decision-making process, you know? That's that's interesting. I had a I had a challenge reading the notes in the back, personally. Really? Wow. I found them really captivating. Um, <laughs> like, they're very... They're, I guess it's because they're so much more honest. Like, the work is very honest, but they're much more revealing than the work right. itself. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, my friends that read my work actually get a lot more out of it, I think, than people who don't know me because they know what's real and what's not and my personality, um, which is a nice thing, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I am. you do have to be a little self-protective, I think. Um, I'm also... I don't like to put any stuff that has to do with sex in this comic. Uh, dating, really. I try to stay away from that. Because uh, that's kind of tricky. Um, and I don't know. What's with the specific... Not to kind of harp on What's the specific choice with that? Um, is it just kind of like how you want to portray your work? or? Um, well, I think... One of the motivating things um, behind the character is that she is kind of searching for connection and for meaning and all this stuff. And uh, I don't know, somehow, like, I like her more, like, pure, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, people always say, oh, she's kind of childish or something like that. I, I want to kind of keep her pure. I don't know why that is. Um, yeah, I really, I can't really explain it. It just seems like something that's important. Yeah, like there is an innocence to the character, but she also kind of does live life. She does like to drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and well, smoke some weed. <laughs> yeah, she's not bad. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, well, yeah, because I mean, all the I love like old, you know, like uh, you know, all the Zaps and uh, the Freak Brothers and all that stuff, and uh, the way that like the Autobike thing kind of started, you know, was a little bit, you know, the unhinged people were kind of doing drugs and experimenting with art and uh, the their mental state, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I definitely, I mean, I'm, I definitely relate to that. I was looking at your um, your comics journal uh, week where you were the guest cartoonist and you uh, post a lot of uh, Windsor McKay uh, panels mm-hmm. um, and yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that that choice of, of putting up the Windsor like what's what does his uh, dream work mean for you I think it was a, it's the way I used it and that was a punctuation after I was illustrating my own dreams I think there are, there are at least three dreams I, I wrote about. Because um, I also, I mentioned in it that I wasn't drinking at the time and I, I was having really intense dreams. And uh, I don't know, it just seemed to be as much a part of my state, my mental state as what I was actually uh, doing, you know, in my mundane day-to-day life. Yeah. So, so the Windsor McKay stuff is just this kind of joke. And for other, I think most people who read that are other cartoonists, uh, where they go, you know. Yeah. You know, I, just a punctuation and a little nod towards him, you know. <laughs> when you went to uh, SVA, was that, um, how did that kind of change your viewpoints on comics? Did you have any interesting instructors or? Um, yeah, I did. Um, it was really different than I thought it would be. Um, I was the only woman in my class, and most of the other cartoonists or people studying comics art were um, were interested in more superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think about that. It was so silly. I was just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like go to New York and like I'm gonna get in cabs and they're gonna be playing like the Velvet Underground and I'll go to the CA and it'll be like I'm gonna meet the next Dan Clouds and like you know it's gonna be amazing and uh, and I showed up and I'm watching I'm I'm critiquing like statues of Wolverine and stuff I'm like this is really weird um and it's weird that I didn't you know anticipate that um so I think more than anything being there allowed me to have the time to do my own work and I am not very easy to instruct. I just have to kind of do my thing, you know. Uh, so I just kind of showed up. I didn't, I wasn't as, I, I, I know a lot of people who went there, you know, they found their friends and their groups, and uh, I wasn't really like that. I was much more show up, show what I'm doing that I'm really, really interested in and invested emotionally in. Um, but, yeah, it was more about the time than about, um, you know, learning yeah. how to do it. Did you have a pretty large output of comics at that time? Yeah, I was working really hard. I mean, um, uh, I did a graphic novel that was 130 pages and uh, it was all made out of construction paper and it's never been printed, and uh, Top Shelf was talking to me about printing it, but I, I didn't want that to be my first uh, book that came out, 
mm-hmm. because I wasn't going to work in that style anymore, and I thought, I know I'm going to keep doing I Am Majestic Creature. So I asked Fanny Graphics if they wanted to do that instead, and they said yes, so that's how that happened. But I'd still like to print the other one at some point, but it's obvious that I'm still really learning about what I'm doing within doing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I did win a, I won a Xeric grant when I was in school to publish uh, the first comic I did, which was about 50 pages. Um, that was also out of construction paper. And what, was it more autobio work, or was it different? Yeah, I think, yeah, it was. <laughs> do, you, do you find when you've been doing a lot of autobio stuff and folks like me may be more familiar with your recent work, um, would you revisit topics that you've covered in previous books? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to say. <laughs> it depend if it's the right idea. Yeah. I mean, I have, in the second book... Uh, the collection that's going to come out next year of the Eye of Majestic Creature stuff. She goes back into her childhood, and there's a little overlap with uh, the Zeric Grant book that I won, and that I'm drawing the same, it's basically the same characters, but they're totally different within this book as in that book. Every night I just want to go out Get out of my head Every day I don't want to get up Get out of my bed Every night I want to lay out And every day I want to do But tonight I just want to stay in
Um, when you're drawing uh, situations from your childhood or stories from your childhood, um, did you like what are you drawing from? Is it just what your memories are like now, or did you do diaries at the time, or are you kind of wanting uh, to fabricate a little bit of childhood? Well, here's here's a good example of how I, I did one. And this is, um, there's this, I was looking through a bunch of family albums when I went home in Chicago. Um, and my mom used to date a lot. My parents split up when I was born, basically. So she, there's all these pictures of all these men she's with. <laughs> so there's this one picture of us at Disney World with this guy, and I'm on this guy's shoulders, and I was like, I kind of remember the names of the guys that she dated, but I don't remember what they look like because I was too, you know. So I asked her, I was like, who's this guy? And uh, she's like, oh, that's Jonathan. And I was like, I don't remember you dating Jonathan. Oh, no, we picked him up on the way to uh, Disney World because I had an extra <laughs> ticket, and we met him when we were dancing. I was like, you picked up a stranger and brought him to Disney World with us? She's like, oh, yeah, he was harmless. He was just kind of a drifter, you know. So I thought it would be really interesting because I do get a little bit sick of myself drawing autobio all the time. It's to draw the comic from this guy's perspective that I've never met before, really. Mm-hmm. So there's about 20 pages of the comic kind of uh, from his perspective. And so are you kind of telling the story in a different way of kind of more of kind of from a different lens? I kind of like that. That's... Yeah, yeah, I thought that would be an interesting um, exercise. Is the next book going to be around the same size, more tight, more work? It's longer, yeah. Um, yeah, some of my stories are getting a little longer. It's getting denser. I hope that people don't give up on me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> One of the stories... I remember... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I remember reading, um, I had, I remember reading Chris Ware's work when I was about like, 18 or so, and uh, thinking it was too dense, and I didn't want to try that hard, <laughs> which is so silly now, he's like one of my favorite cartoonists, and I'll run out to buy anything that he makes immediately, and, and, and go somewhere and sit, and, you know, hold candles up to it, to try to get everything I can from it, but I just remember, like, oh, this is too dense, you know, it's too hard, reading comics and um, so now that my own work is getting denser, I always think like, "Oh no, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna alienate people," you know. How how can you strip it down and pull back? Yeah, I mean, I will. I hope at some point they say, you know, smart artists do that. Um, but right now, it's, it's still pretty dense. <laughs> Tell me about your uh, your teenage uh, pseudo rock and roll career. The, uh, um, was that the the lithium story on Vice? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> that's why I said pseudo rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom also well she just she's a people person. So there's all these random people in my life, you know. Um, so she met this guy. She always wanted to be an actress. So she meets this guy at the Y playing volleyball with him, and he I was about twelve and I was playing guitar. And I was like into grunge. I was like, uh, you know, had long hair and ripped jeans, and I was just pretty depressed. And uh, <laughs> just sit in my room, play guitar all the time. And uh, so this guy wanted to start a band that um, 
that would tour around and give free depression screenings to teenagers, which I thought was a horrible idea and, like, really square. But my mom, like, really wanted me to do it, and I'd said yes. And when you're a kid, it's hard for you to be assertive, or it was hard for me to be assertive. So I ended up doing all this stuff where on the radio, um, when I was 13, Chicago rock radio station and um, some other stuff. So I did a story about that because I figured it would be unique to my person. (laughs) The Chicago rock radio thing seemed really creepy. Right, right. Yeah, that was real quote. The guy, there's a panel where we go in the studio and he sees me and he's like, does some weird sound effect on the board? It's like, How much for a little girl? He, and he actually said that. I just remember being so, like, so weirded out. Um, I mean, the whole thing was just totally surreal in ways because I was so young, but... Um, but yeah, it makes for a good story. I have the story. Really gross. <laughs> yeah. Now you do music too. Um, have you been kind of active in bands the whole time since since those um, days, or you kind yeah. of did that I, turn you off for yeah. a bit? Yeah, since I moved to New York, I have been. Um, I've played with one band for about seven years, and we are totally unambitious. <laughs> um, so we kind of play on and off. But actually, we got we have a record coming out from a new label in November. Um, that I'm I'm pretty happy about it because it's a lot of work that and a lot of songs that we had over the years that I'd like people to hear. Um, but you know, I would much rather be at home drawing than playing shows. Uh, I don't really like being in front of people mm-hmm. on stage. Not particularly comfortable for me, but I know how to fake it so that I don't seem uncomfortable because. There's nothing more uncomfortable than to watch an uncomfortable person on stage. <laughs> so I'm trying to be kind and, and, you know, just deal with it. Because um, it is part of the whole thing, <laughs> playing for other people. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm much more interested in drawing comics. I, I don't, I'm also, I like to do things on my own. And, and so that music is collaborative, so that sometimes I have some issues with that. <laughs> but I think every musician in a band does so yeah it's it's hard to make sure your voice is heard meanwhile someone else has some completely other idea that's completely ridiculous and (laughs) how to work past that without too many broken feelings right and you know i um it's given me this this appreciation for my relationship with fanographics too because they're just kind of like, all right, like, do what you're doing, and if it's good enough, we'll print it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But they're not trying to, like, oh, and you have to do this. Like, I had gone back and forth with Eric Reynolds about Twitter, you know? I was like, do I have to do Twitter, you know? <laughs> and he's like, we're not going to make you do Twitter, but, you know, like, you probably should do it. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it, you know? And, um... So I really enjoy that, and they they don't touch anything that I do. They just let they just print it. Yeah, and that's I, I appreciate that so much. And how are you finding Twitter? Um, I don't know. I think it's just distracting me from my work. You know, I'm not. I don't like do self promotion. I don't want to tell people like what I'm eating and stuff like. <laughs> 
And I also, I don't have an iPhone, so I don't even really get that, because I'll go on a computer and I'm like, I can actually be reading an article or something instead of reading sentences from random people, you know? Yeah. So, um, but it's fine. It's less evil than I, I originally thought. So. Now, you really have to put yourself out at your job. Your work as a, as a waitress in a bustling uh, Yeah, restaurant. exactly. Um, and I wonder how that is for you, like how you kind of, because it sounds like you're pretty private. You would much rather be at home drawing, and kind of how do you decompress from that? Um, I think unfortunately where I'm at right now, um, I'll drink at work and get through it. You know, um, I really love the people I work with. You know, um, unfortunately, like when you work in a bar, you're often seeing people at their worst, you know, and I've been there too. It's hard. You're hungry, you know, you're disassociated from that kind of work and how hard it is. Um, but it does sharpen you up and it does make me very um, happy when I am at home drawing. You know, I'm so protective of that time and uh, appreciate it so much where I know some people maybe don't appreciate it that much and I, I hope for them that they do. Um, but yeah, it's, I, it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm condensing right now. I'm condensing 30 hours into three days, uh, so I can draw the rest of the week. I'm basically kind of working my ass off so I can work my ass off. Um, but I go back and forth and like, I think acceptance in life is very important and, uh, just not thinking that you're owed anything you know like who am I to think that this art that I'm doing that has that I'm doing for myself basically mm -hmm. keeping in mind someone's reading it am I supposed to make money from doing that I don't know you know it's um, okay too I think it would be great too <laughs> but um but just to know that that's even the fact that I get to do that and the way the world is right now is very, um, is great. So I try to be thankful for that. Did you actually have a job where you bejeweled cell phones? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I thought it would be great if I didn't have to talk to anybody. Uh, like, oh, I'm not going to have to talk to anyone. I might have to be dressed up in any way and blah, blah, blah. But then it turns out the women that I worked with were like the chattiest people I've ever met. And would just bombard me the whole time with like, you know, like it says in the comic, you know, they're like telling jokes about, you know, peeing on the bus when they were little. <laughs> they were really crazy. Um, but I did, I got an infection, like some skin infection and I quit because um, that was no good. <laughs> <laughs> and then I... that made that, the, the dress shop deal after I got that job, that made it seem like heaven for a while <laughs> and I did that for two years and then I was on from that I did it eventually just close down because no one was going into it the dress shop yeah it did yeah I quit before it did but um yeah it was just uh, the owner was just you know totally hands off so. so what was the deal it was like he'd make badly done knockoffs and then and then try to sell them at really like in prices um, some of them were nice but then they were hard to sell because they didn't look right on people and uh, I'm not as you can imagine I was a terrible shop girl I mean 
couldn't be less suited to my personality. I like waiting tables and bartending. I can I can get behind what I'm selling, and like I love food and drinks and stuff like that. So it's easy for me to sell that. And there's a certain like code that I just found that when you're in retail, like you're part therapist. You know, it's like these women coming in to buy a dress and they're telling you why they're buying the dress. You know, and their dates and all this stuff, and you're just like stuck and <laughs> you don't really know what to say because you don't know them you know um but some some women are really good at that i'm, I'm just I'm, I'm not what are some uh amazing drinks you you mentioned one in in a recent comic in the waitressing one what was that oh the old pal yeah that's my favorite drink um it's like a negroni except for with uh whiskey um, it's kind of bitter and has Campari and um, sweeter dry vermouth. And I've been studying mixology because my whole goal is to make as much money as in as little time as possible so I can draw, you know. Um, so I know some people who can just work, you know, like two nights a week and make their rent. That would be awesome. So I'm trying to get all the skills I can so I can kind of do that. I recently uh, made infused uh, a bacon vodka. Which kind of vodka? Bacon. Bacon vodka? Yeah. How is it? Oh, it's amazing. If you it's like amazing. <laughs> do you mix anything or you just drink it? Uh, do you know what Caesars are? No. They're kind of like a Bloody Mary, but we make <laughs> them with uh, Clamato. Oh. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Everyone's either very impressed or disgusted by me. I'm personally. I'm impressed. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was the first time I'd tried infusing something, and uh, it ended up quite nice. So. Yeah, it's not that hard. It's all just you know getting the right timing. Yeah, well, with vodka, yeah, it's it's easy to to change that flavor. So. Yeah. yeah, I found a book about it recently. This is very off comics topic, but <laughs> That's okay. I had a fun time reading that book. Like, I like jalapeno infusions. That's really nice with tequila. I I bought a bottle of this jalapeno tequila that I haven't opened yet. Mm. I haven't tried. Really yeah, it's like spicy cucumber. margaritas. Or... Some cucumber in here. It's really good. <laughs> 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 um. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today, Leslie. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. It's been really great to talk. Uh, once again, folks, I've been talking to Leslie Stein. Her latest book is Eye of the Majestic Creature, as well as issue number five, uh, Eye of the Majestic Creature. Um, and then, what's the? do you have a title for your next book? Yes, it's very complicated. It's Eye of the Majestic Creature, volume two. Whew! Blew my mind. <laughs> Yeah, bestseller. What that means. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Leslie. Okay, thank you, Alan.